Hey, Ryan, do you like outer space? More than anything in the world. Would you? It's not in the world. You're in luck. Would you like uh, <laughs> some stuff about outer space where you could like learn and have a good time and maybe like look cool while you're doing it? More than anything in the universe. Oh, nailed it. Uh, you should check out spaceandbeyondbox.com and you should enter their giveaway <sighs> to win a year's worth of free space stuff. Gimme, 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 gimme. You can get like sweet... Apollo 11 mission patches. Yes, please. You can get a moon globe. Also, yes. You can get some magazines. Yep. Um, you can get a sweet poster about all the parts of the moon that humans have been on. I'll have two. All you got to do is go to spaceandbeyondbox.com slash giveaway. Go get it. Do it now. Also, if you happen to be in Los Angeles or you can get there in the next few hours, tonight. Uh, October 30th, Wednesday, we're at the Satellite doing a live show along with our friends Lydia Liza and Ian Abramson. We'd love to see you. It's not sold out. It is not. You can still join us. There's time. It's going to be a Halloween spooktacular, and we want to see you there. There's going to be comedy from me and Abramson, live music from Lydia Liza, and we're going to do a full live episode of the show at the Satellite, and we'll be doing a fan meet and greet after the show. We'll tell you where that is at the show. We'll meet up with a bar. We'll drink beers together. We'll make jokes about ghosts. I packed my costume today. I did not, but I'm excited <laughs> to see what Spencer's wearing. It's going to be a God dang gas. So we hope we see you there. Jiminy crickets. What's hedging it? Uh, uh, what's hedging it? Hedging it. Uh, I just paginate my notes Sometimes we start the episode with a toke But this time we don't I mean higher we didn't Yeah I'm higher than the top of a T-Rex I'm not kidding Yeah, we stay winning Traveling out to the west coast To stay spitting A couple of ghost bars What up y'all? It's the One It Podcast I'm Ryan Copper That's Spencer Word Davis Hi Welcome. Greetings. Hello. Hello. How are you? You know what, man? I'm pretty good. Sweet. Are you higher than the top of a Trianosaurus Rex? Trianosaurus Rex. I'll never. You know what? You know what? By the time y'all are listening to this, there's a very strong <laughs> chance that I am. We'll we'll be in Los Angeles. Uh, I can't not hear that sample now without remembering that you thought he said the word Tyrannosaurus Rex right and I had to point it out to you that it was not it was incorrect now I'm wondering if I actually thought it was Tyrannosaurus Rex this you whole know? time well nah. this whole time might have been um, is that a Mandela effect have I have, have I not known the name of dinosaurs my whole life you rewrote it did in I, your mind did I jump timelines in that moment and it's always been Tyrannosaurus Rex speaking of the Mandela effect uh oh our boy Gitas you know what he did? Argetus Sabonis. He kicked him into Gitas. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. We're doing my favorite kind of episode this week. Silly ass mysteries where no one gets hurt? Yes, but also like an internet mystery caper that requires us to be like deductive investigative journalists. And does it? Well, that's maybe that's giving, giving us, us a little, way too much yeah, credit, but yeah. like we have to pretend like we have some of those <laughs> capabilities. We had to like Google some stuff. Right, right, right. We had to look at Twitter. But then, but then the best part for me is that at the end, there are still a bunch of open-ended questions to this that are not answered that I feel like 
we have to talk about and, hi- and hypothesize around. And I am, I think, most curious to know what our listeners uh, think about some of those questions at the end. Hell yeah. Do you want to drive today? Um, I can definitely get us started and Sick. like get things moving. Actually, before I start driving on Gitas, I wanted to tell you a quick story. What's happening? Uh, so uh, you may or may not have noticed that uh, I went blonde recently. So I noticed. Our listeners probably have not. Yeah, yeah. We'll I was, post a picture later so you can see Ryan's. Oh, yeah, beautiful hair. Sick. <laughs> great. <laughs> grateful. Thrilled. Um, and so, like, so as y'all know, I got married last month, or for, I guess for those of you listening to the show for a while, I got married last month. And. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. And I'd been wanting to bleach my hair out like all summer long, but I didn't want to get my forever photos that were going to last forever in my life with like fully bleached out hair. Uh, see, that's where you goofed. <laughs> that's where you goofed. You know, I think, uh, I think I'm grateful for it. I think wifey is grateful for it. I think the family is going to be excited that I look like wow. a relatively like more, you know, more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More, it's like the self of me that everyone recognizes. Just know that you've disappointed at least one person. That's fair. I'm okay with it's that. It's me. That's okay. I'm the disappointed person. Um, but I've been trying to do it for a long time and I've been watching all these like YouTube vids and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do it. Yourself? Do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. And wifey was like, I used to dye my hair all the time. She's like, you want me to dye your hair? I'll dye your hair. No problem. Okay. So we got a boxed bleach. Oh boy. I mean, your hair is fairly light to start with. You didn't have that far to go. Right, exactly. And I was like, you know what? I feel pretty good about this. Let's do it. So last night in the living room. Oh, this is brand new. Oh, it's brand new. Okay. Last night in the living room, surrounded by like a couple towels on the floor in a uh-huh. dining room chair, just uh-huh. watching our favorite TV show and listening to tunes. What's and your favorite whatever. show? Uh, right now it's Shit's Creek. Oh, sure, sure. Having a good time with Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of funnies, a lot of sweet moments there. Fine Friday night. Yes. Yeah, we're going to be in L.A. together. Correct. <laughs> yes, the, we will. Uh, the finals of this season of the Great British Bake Off come out on Friday. Do you plan on spending any of your hours in Los Angeles watching the Great British Bake Off? If Bake-off? I hadn't been watching the entire season with my wife, who's not going to be in L.A. with us, oh, you would have. I absolutely would. Wow. It's that But it's we, that we're deep. pretty dedicated at this point. If anybody has Great British Bake Off thoughts about who's going to win, holler at your boy. I'm pulling for Steph. Okay. I'm on team Steph. Okay, bro. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Interrupted you. No, no, story. no. You're good. You're good. Um, so we're watching, we're watching Shit's Creek and about like 45 minutes into this dying process, I'm, I'm rinsing my hair and like, it's a little orange. It's not bad orange, but like, it's a little orange. Sure. And I was like, you know what? It's cool. Like, I'll just, um, you know, I'll go get some of that purple shampoo and you know what? We'll purple be fine. Shampoo. Yeah. They tell you to put purple shampoo in it. Like it's some of like the purple shampoo. It's literally purple shampoo. It's like I got purple dye in it and it like neutralizes the orange color and makes it go more like white. Okay. So that it's like actually bleached out blonde. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to go get it fixed. Like whatever. It'll be fine. Just, um, can you just clean up my, uh, clean up my neckline and like, I'll be good. Like we'll be good to go. Mm hmm. And I gave wifey the clippers. And that is this was a first? And that was a mistake. Uh oh. This is the first time. <laughs> this is the first time. Oh shit. And she was like, I used to clean up my dad's neckline all the time. Like, no problem. I got this in the bag. Now, to to be fair, it's not that she's just like a bad hairdresser. Not just. <laughs> she was also uh like a couple ciders deep at this point. Oof. 
So I was also that's not, on you. That, I was also not making a good you decision this one up. by yeah. saying, yeah. "Hey, wifey, take the thing that can permanently alter my yeah. hair." This one's on you for sure. For sure. So I'm like sitting in the tub, and I just all of a sudden, I she's just kind of going. She's clipping your hair in the tub. Well, I was like sitting on the edge of the tub. No, there wasn't a water. I was just sitting on the edge of like a dry tub, and all of a sudden, I just hear it go like. Uh, and she gasps, oh, <laughs> just a little gasp. Oh, no. And I was like, I was like, what happened? She goes, she just kind of started. This is the best, bro. She just kind of started laughing. <laughs> what else you gonna do like, at that point? She was yeah. like, I fucked it up. She like, she had gone up and in and like put a fucking oh, a dent dang. in it. And I was like, well, can you just like take the line up a notch and just oh, fade it no. out? Oh, bro, bro, if she couldn't go straight, you don't want her fading anything, bro. That's it, a horrible idea. Look, I'll, here's what I'll say. Mistakes were made across the board. <laughs> Let me see the back of it. Is it uh, still? No, no, no. So you, okay. the reason the reason that I had to push our timeline today <laughs> to record, this is where this whole story is going, is because I scheduled an emergency toning and haircut session at a salon in St. Paul right by my house got to it. fix my fucking head and the got color it. of my hair. I was going to say, last, it, it uh, did look like hours. you got cut as well. Yeah. This, this makes sense now. Yeah, and the color is significantly better than it was last night because they toned it too. So got anyway. Um, yeah, you just got to... Come to our LA show. You'll see my new do. <laughs> it's much better than it was last night. Maybe if you're nice, I'll post a photo on Instagram. Because I made her I made her I made her take a photo of how bad she fucked up my neckline. And bro, it's like borderline hilarious how bad it is. Also, just go to Janessa at Venicava. What are you doing? You know get your shit together. To be honest with you, I tried, but she didn't have any appointments till we got back from LA and I mm. wanted a fresh cut for the show, man. My bad. She cut my hair today. I, I sniped it. Bro. <laughs> I thought about texting her and being like, I have of an emergency <laughs> can you can you please help i'm ugly carve open room for me i'll pay you double it's not good all right should we talk about uh argita sabonis we're ready to talk about argita sabonis all right you're you're driving all right man i'm pushing buttons and making puns that sounds that sounds like a party um Gitas. So the story of Gitas starts with our main man named Nate Fernald. Mm-hmm. Or Fernald. Fernald? I think sure. it's Fernald. Don't know. I'm going to go with Fernald. His, his name's Nate. His name's Nate. And Nate is a, uh, he's a writer for The Late Late Show with James Corden. Mm-hmm. And he is also an avid collector of enamel pins. Mm-hmm. Primarily specializes in band pins. He likes old like 80s band pins. I'm assuming he has a sweet denim vest that he puts these on. I hope so. Yeah. Although I, I, I would imagine at a certain point you need to have them in cases for protection. You just need multiple storage. vests. Oh, that's true. Just get another vest. Put, Fill wear, her up. Wear a vest over your vest. Well, you don't wear them at the same time. It seems like you could. You just rotate. It seems like you could just get a jacket and then you'd have more real estate. But, yeah, but then you wouldn't be able to show <laughs> off your arms, bro. <laughs> that's true. Um, Look at my arms. Nate is digging around on eBay in a enamel pin collector's collection of enamel pins and finds a handful of goofy pins, uh, including one that said, I, I have to look, uh, I have to find it. It said, uh, oh, wait, work sucks, but I need the bucks was a good one. There is also True story. a slogan. One of the sl- pins had the slogan, I'm so horny, even the crack of dawn looks good. Hmm. So honk if you're horny. Got very creative uh, <laughs> pins. But another one that caught his eye was a pin that said 
in black letters on top of brass, Gidus. And above mm. this Gidus pin is a creature that is a little hard to describe. I would put it somewhere in the world of it's like a Muppet mixed with a bear mixed with like an Ewok mixed with like Alf. Alf. His face looks sort of like the uh, Where the Wild Things Are guy. A little bit. He's got a big nose, big grin, little kind of like beady green eyes. He's brown in color, and he's sort of like perched on four legs. He has creepily human-looking hands, though. Yeah, got like a got like a thumb and forefinger thing going mm-hmm. on with the way his hands are out. But he's kind of got like a big red smile on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like a, a big fun dope. Yeah. And Nate is just like, never seen it before, never heard of it, looks interesting, I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Six bucks, he buys the enamel pin, comes home, and he starts trying to look at what it is and try to find out more information on it. As he does, he finds another Gitas pin online. And same he's like, one? Uh, same one. Okay. And he's like, fuck it, I'm going to buy this one too. I'm interested, I'm curious, maybe there's differences in them. I'm not sure I understand that strategy, but that's fine. I think the way that he one to explained rock, one it, to stock. yeah, and in, in, that's there you go. Ooh, I love that <laughs> phrase. I gotta think about that next time I buy shoes. Um, I I liked that. I think his mindset was, you know, this one didn't have any information on the back, but like maybe that one will. Maybe it's from a different run, or like maybe there's an inscription or a gr- engraving, or like just maybe there's more detail that he could maybe find. Okay, this is from the the same person selling it. Uh, or so, I'll get there. Okay. Uh, no additional information comes from the second one, so he goes to buy a third one. This is a terrible strategy, but that's fine. I think he got to the point where he was just sort of like obsessed with this little weird creature that he couldn't find more information about, so he just wanted to keep buying the pins, talking to the sellers. Each time with the seller, he would talk to the seller and say... So these were coming from different people. They were. So hmm. uh, he has seen them and gotten them from three rogue sellers... The fourth one, he got 75 from. Wait, so he bought one? So he bought one, from, two, three from yeah, three different people. One pin each time. Correct. Okay. The last guy he found, he wanted to buy one, and the guy said, I actually have a bunch of these. Do you want more than one? And he mm-hmm. was like, how many you got? And the guy was like, 75. And he was like, fuck it, I'll take them. Now, this is before he knew anything about anything. Correct. He what was a weird just, choice. I mean, I think the way that he's explained it is he just got kind of obsessed with this thing and was... But you said $6? I mean, even if he's buying it for like $2. Yeah. Our guy bought like $500 worth of enamel pins for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, that's... Man, must be nice. I mean, <laughs> I, I hear you. Must be nice. That's making that late, late show money, bro. That is a much larger enamel pin budget than I have. On June 21st of 2017... Nate is fed up with his inability to find more information about Gitas in its entirety. He's begun his collection. I don't know if when he posted this, he had purchased all 75 from that, that collector or not, okay. but he was, he was well into the mystery of Gitas at this point. He tweets to his followers in all caps. What the fuck is Gitas? I found this old pin. Google has no answers. 
Please help. I'm losing my mind. See, I would have tweeted that out with the first one instead of buying 78 more of them. But. Yeah, and to be fair to Nate, I don't entirely know the timing of it sure. exactly, but I think it was he was like deep into it and kept buying them the more like curious he got. So, uh he let's see two two of the two of them were in texas one of them was in florida and another was in another location so i think that's the, a minor the detail sellers you're saying the sellers yeah okay minor detail but i think will be more interesting later on also did we these pins were manufactured in the early 80s right uh we don't know oh okay they're not dated mm. none of them are dated got it um, so he tweets this and the internet does what the internet be doing, which is takes it and runs with it. Sleuthing. And, uh, Nate sort of inadvertently goes a little bit Twitter and Reddit viral with his tweet mm-hmm. because everyone else is like, yeah, what the fuck is Gatus? And people start doing, uh, doing what they do, which is posting it on ask Reddit it got posted to the unsolved, unresolved, unsolved, unresolved, unresolved mysteries subreddit in mm-hmm. Reddit. Uh, folks became fascinated with this little weird character that seems so specific and so formed, and yet there's no contextual information that's easily Googleable on the internet. Yeah, there's still. I mean, now there's some stuff because we'll get there. No, I'm just saying there at the time. There was nothing on the... He was not able to find, like, a single entry relating to Gitas before he posted this tweet. I see what you're saying. Now you can search for Gitas, and Gitas will come because up. Because the story has blown up. Right. But, but at the time, he was literally just like, There was SOL. nothing, yeah. yeah. So... Which is kind of crazy with how many things are on the internet these days. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest things that led to this being such a, such a mystery was, like... This seems like a pretty thorough, well-formed, thought-out, like, character, idea, concept, and there is zero contextual information on the internet about it. Just think about any physical object that wouldn't have at least one mention on the internet. Right. Or someone who's like, oh, yeah, I made those, or, oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that would have no trace anywhere. It's got to be pretty rare, I would think. Yeah, tough to do. So... Nate, like I said, goes viral in a bunch of different places with his questions about this thing. Uh, there's a subreddit that's created that's literally called Gitas, and it's dedicated to trying to solve this mystery. It started uh, with just a couple thousand people when he first originally went Twitter viral. One of the unresolved mystery posts, posts about Gitas made it to the front page via Ask Reddit. That grew the community to over, over 15,000 people. It's like close to 16,000 people now. It's and popping in there. It's popping in there. And again, this has all happened since uh, June of 2017. So two, almost two and a half years ago now. Yep. Uh, so in this process of the internet trying to sleuth things out, Nate posts something on his Facebook page. And in the replies, either on Twitter or on his Facebook, I couldn't figure out which one. Uh Someone responds and tells Nate that they found a sticker sheet. It was in that Twitter thread, in response to his original tweet. Okay, got it. Mm. Someone found a sticker sheet. And do you have any detail around, like, who found the sticker sheet or where? Because I um, didn't. 
I don't. A few of them eventually popped up, but I, the the first, I don't know where it came from. Okay. But it had our guy Gitas on it. But it had a whole lot of other stuff on it, too. So the sticker sheet itself has, uh, well, a bunch of different details. But primarily what it has is six different characters, all with different names. And it is a fully-fledged sticker sheet that across the top reads The Land of Ta. T-A. Just, just the idea of a sticker sheet is so perfectly 80s. Yes, totally. Like, do you do you remember having sheets of stickers just be present in your life as a child? Oh, of course. With no idea where they came from? Of course. Like, that, I think that's part of what is so fun about this mystery is that it's perfectly nostalgic for people roughly our age. Absolutely. Like, this kind of shit just was everywhere when we were kids. Totally, totally. Um... Yeah, and also like you had you had Star Wars stickers, and you had like you know there was Power Rangers stickers. Like it was yeah. your favorite movies and your favorite TV shows. They were all attached to these very specific cultural touchstones. That's why this one is crazy though, because there doesn't appear to be anything attached to it. Exactly, toys, yeah. TV, movies, comics. There's just like every other instance of this was like yeah, it was Star Wars, right. or it was you know. Uh, Magic the Gathering, or it was like some right. other franchised thing. For sure. It had a touchstone of some kind. Yeah. And that, and I think that's why it drove everyone crazy to figure out this mystery, because it felt so fleshed out, feels so fleshed out. Everyone's like, there has to be something else to it. Right. We have other characters. We have a name for the entire universe. The characters themselves, if we can... I was just about to. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay great. So the Land of Toss sticker sheet that was posted in a reply to Nate's tweet uh, has, like I said, six characters on it. Harry, Zoltan, Eric, Iggy, Tokar, and Gidus. Eric appears to be a bird humanoid soldier with a cape and a like giant scepter. He basically looks like a dude with a beak. Yep. Uh, well, I would have given a cooler name than Eric, but whatever. Fair. Harry is a <laughs> short red troll balding and appears to be wrapped in uh, some combo of like a snake slash eagle. It's a snake with an eagle's head, essentially. Yes. Or maybe like a tr- small dragon with an eagle's head. Sure. No wings, though, so I feel like it's more snake-like. Yeah, the scales are kind of weird looking, but whatever. That's true. Some sort of serpent with an eagle's head. Zoltan is a green-winged humanoid goblin of sorts with mm. antenna and like a, a, a gaping mouth with fangs in it. It's like a green mothman, kind of. Yeah, totally. Uh, Iggy is like a little weird fishy goblin with like a helmet and like some armor on and is also holding a scepter with more of like a little dragon wrapped around his scepter. Then we have angry bootleg C-3PO. <laughs> and Tokar is for sure an angry bootleg C-3PO. And then in the bottom center of this is Gidus, but Gidus is fully fleshed out. So these are all like actual cartoon animations because the enamel pin was... Um, you mean illustrations, not animations? Right? Yeah, illustrations. Are, they're like animated characters. I guess I'm trying to say they're cartoonized in a way that the pin wasn't a cartoon. Oh, I see. It was the pin was just like a line drawing because you couldn't get this level of right. dimension these, these and have depth more detail. and detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're painted or drawn or whatever. They right, are. and these are in full color. Um, 
So what's also interesting beyond these six characters is that there is a little bit of detail that says on the side, Denison, 1981, 80216. So everyone goes, okay, the company made these. I thought it was 82. Uh, 81 on the original sticker sheet. Hmm. Okay. There are other sticker sheets that arrived from 82, but the original one is from 81. Okay. Um, so there's more detail here. Nate takes the photo from his Twitter. He posts it on his Instagram and he says, huge Gitas news. <laughs> Gitas is from the land of Ta. But now the question is, what the fuck is the land of Ta? Mm -hmm. It never ends. We are all doomed. <laughs> okay. Which, okay, Nate. Which Nate, I don't think Calm is, down. I don't think is, is the case, my friend. I think. Actually, you're not doomed. You have you found some stickers. <laughs> you have renewed light, my friend. You have renewed light. Um, so this is further, I'd say, fodder for the internet to go on. Uh, and the internet continues to do what it do. Denison, as people find out, is a reference to the Denison Manufacturing Company which is one of the largest paper and branded products companies in the Northeast of the United States. They were based uh, just outside of Boston in a town called Framingham, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And basically the internet said, well, let's go talk to Denison. And particularly who went to go talk to Denison was a handful of reporters from WBUR, which is the national public radio station uh, in Boston. And their names are, oh, wait. Real quick before yeah, that part. Uh, didn't the other, one of the other sticker sheets show up before this? The, the Women of Ta? Yes. Okay. You're right. So there's a second sticker sheet that uh, came out of Nate's social media posts. Someone uh, found and then posted a second sticker sheet called titled "The Women of Ta." Yes, that included uh, Sicily, Astrid, Sybil, Amneris, uh, uh, Amneris. Hmm. I would go with yes, Ursula and Remelda. So they're a little different than the uh, Land of Ta characters. Yep, most of them have some sort of dragon either with them or near them or appear to be partially dragon. Yep. We've got uh what Astrid looks like she's just straight up half dragon, half human. Uh Amneris looks like she's maybe sort of like half Komodo dragon or some big lizard yep. and half human. Yep. Remelda just has a really sweet dragon hanging out next to her. Yep. So there's uh this secondary or second sheet of characters that are very different than also the style of the art looks to maybe be different different yep um but it appears to be part of the same ta universe yeah so and, we, and like women of ta like they didn't say the land of ta but women of ta and also copyright denison this sheet was from 1982 got it there was a third sheet and i don't know when the third sheet was found but the third sheet had another set of characters on it, Herman 
and Eris and Uno and Shimra and a couple other ones. And these ones have more like Thor like characters, little like a green goblin with a club, uh, a big like Sasquatch looking gorilla guy with an axe. Mm. Eris is just straight up a dragon. Um, these ones also said the land of Ta on them and were also copyrighted from 1981 and look more similar to the original sheet that has Gidus on it. Cool. Again, though, this world, now we're up to between the... Yeah, like 18 characters? The three sheets, you've got 18 characters, all seemingly from the same land of Ta. They all have this similar sort of like lizard, dragon, partnership combo. D&D, sci-fi, fantasy thing yeah, going on. Totally, yeah, totally, totally. Um, so these sheets get found. These reporters from Boston decide to join in on the hunt. They interview Nate and they take, uh, they take this show on the road. It's Amory Severston, James Lindbergh and Ben Johnson. They take up the case and what they end up doing. They also did a really great podcast about this. Yeah, for sure. Listen to for that. Endless if you Thread is the name of the podcast. And that the episode is, I don't know. It's one of three things that show up if you search Gitas on your podcast app. Yeah, for sure. Listen to that. Um, so they go and they try to dig into the archives at Denison and say like, look, somebody has to know if the company copyrighted these and distributed them, they've got to know at least like, was it internal artists? Was it external artists? Did we hire a freelancer for this? Is this from some series from another country that we licensed is it you know it, what what is the actual origin of this did somebody work with these did somebody know the artist or could they at least point them in the right direction part of the problem in doing that though is that denison merged sometime in the 90s with avery is that the other company avery yep um but it's farmingham right is that the town where they're Fra- framingham framingham yep uh, where Denison was located, the Framingham Historical Center has a bunch of Denison's materials from the 80s, which is, I think, where WBUR got a lot of their info and then eventually got some of the actual, like, uh, proofs and stuff of, of these sheets. Yeah, and just to clarify, a big reason that uh, the Historical Center had stuff like this is because Denison being one of the biggest printing and manufacturing, you know, providers in the country, uh, they were the biggest employer for all of Framingham. Yeah, most so of the town was somehow linked to Denison. Yeah, yeah. So it's a huge part of their community and a part of their like collective history because of how important it was to the Northwest, but also to their small town. So throughout their investigation and their interviews, they meet Tom Manguso. So Tom Manguso was the art director at Denison at the time that the land of toss stickers were produced mm-hmm. and they get Tom Manguso to look at these things and go, what do you think, bud? <laughs> Did, do you yeah. recognize these? Did you make them? Did somebody, you know, make them? And Tom tells these Boston reporters that he went to school with a man named Sam Petrucci. And Sam worked at an art studio called Gun Studio, where Tom's son also worked. And Tom hired 
Sam out of Gun Studio to do freelance work for Denison, creating art for the sticker packs that they made and produced through Denison. And Tom and Billy identified the art style to look a lot like something Sam would or could have done. So the, the moment actually on that uh, Endless Thread podcast where they're, they have Tom on the phone, yes. who's now like in his 90s, I think. Yeah, because if you think about it, these were produced in the 80s. These people were probably well under their careers. He was in a, like a senior level position. They'd have been 45, 50 years old at the time. So they're you know, 85, now, 90 now. Yeah. And uh, so they, they sent these photos to his son's phone because yes. Tom didn't have a, a, a phone that you could view pictures on. Yep. Tom looks at him and he's like, no, I don't know what these are. Yeah. These don't look familiar at all. And they're like going to move on from it. And in the background, you can hear his son say like, oh, I know those. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. seen those. And they like, kind of, like Tom keeps talking and I forget which of the porters, Amory or somebody goes, did he just say he knows those? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hold, hold the fuck on. Can we talk to yeah. your son for a second? Let's not blow by the fact that we're trying to get these identified, and it sounds like someone in the room has identified yeah. them. So it was uh, Tom's son. What was his name? Uh, Billy. Billy, who's actually said, like, yeah, I think this might be uh, this guy that I used to work with. Yep. Yes. So uh, so these Boston reporters, Amory and Ben and James, they take the name Sam Petrucci and they try to track him down. And they succeed, sort of. Unfortunately, uh, Sam passed away this past year. Past year, I think? No. It was like 2013. It was a while 2013, ago. 2013, okay. Um, that's right. But they found the obituary when they were looking for him, which led them to the rest of the Petrucci family. Correct. And then they yeah. started interviewing uh, S- Sam's sons and daughters. So we had five kids, and Linda and Lisa, two daughters, were the ones that were most familiar with their dad's art. And so they interview these daughters, and they say, look, we're looking for this cast of characters. We're looking for this land of Ta. Mm-hmm. They're looking to try to figure out, like, well, where did Sam get it from? Where did he, where did these ideas come from him? What did he create? What did he, is this something that got licensed from someone else? Or again, like, is is it his? Did he, yeah. did these come from his brain? And they come to find, through their interviews with Linda and Lisa, a, a absolute treasure trove of all of Sam's old art. Yeah, they had originals, of like most things that he had done, which is, which is crazy because they're, uh, I mean, this might sound stupid, but like the way that things would have been preserved from the eighties or created and then preserved, like the originals were pencil sketches or paintings in his cases, in his case. Yep. Like there, there was no, backup there was no like digital anything they said uh, i forget one of the people they talked to who used to work at denison was like yep. yeah well we didn't have copy machines yet yeah yeah like that it's just it's crazy how quickly all that shit changed where like yeah there might only be one physical copy somewhere of this stuff right which goes a long way to telling you why 
it would be extremely hard to track down the origin of these things because right. there is no trail. There is inside of Linda and Lisa's stash of their dad's art an individual pencil drawing. Which is just like, it's crazy because that's the only way that this would have been solved. Yes, is finding that. Yeah. If that if if that stuff had been burned or donated Just lost or, or like not cataloged or he, by someone yeah, intentionally. He never, exactly. He never had kids and it went to the dump. Like Or even just if it was sitting in a closet somewhere and somebody hadn't gone through it and sorted it out into folders by who their dad did these jobs for. Like right. they had a Denison folder. Right. That's crazy. His time period for them, for yeah. sure. For sure. And so in many ways, this sort of solved to a degree the Gitas mystery. Yes. To a very small degree. Also, real quick on Sam Petrucci. Please. Uh, this dude was a, a crazy good and like well-known graphic designer. Yeah, so that's one of the most, I think, like heartwarming and like amazing pieces of this whole thing. So Sam Petrucci, uh, you might know him if you've ever seen the TJ Maxx logo. Mm -hmm. You might know him if you've ever seen the World Wildlife Fund's panda logo. Hell yeah, that's a great logo. It's a great logo. You might know him if you've ever seen the uh, Marshmallow Fluff logo. Um, did, uh, shit, there was one more. Ocean spray, ocean, ocean spray, spray logo. logo, which is like classic. Mm -hmm. um, apparently, Friendlies is an ice cream chain up in the Northeast that I'd never yeah. heard of, but I would imagine our listeners in the Northeast will have probably heard of. He did their logo. It's a cool logo. He also did all of the original box work and poster work for GI Joe. So that story is even crazier. Yes. In that, yes, he did the original artwork for it. He posed for his own artwork. So, like, the G.I. Joe guy is based on him. Because it's literally a photo someone took of him holding a fake gun, and then he used that to, like, line draw over right. and then turn into a painting based on, like, a figure running and holding a gun. He also, according to his family, or friends and family, uh, originally like came up with the idea for G.I. Joe as a franchise. Yes. And pitched it to Hasbro and was not later on credited for it. Also, the artwork that he did, he was offered to be because he was he was doing it like as a contractor. He wasn't an employee of Hasbro, right? Yeah. I think Hasbro is the one who Hasbro, yeah. yeah. Um they offered to either pay him like a one time fee up front or and or uh in stock on the back end and he chose to take the money up front. Said he needed the money now. Which he later told friends and family cost him in excess of $40 million. Well, and then one of the friends who's getting interviewed says, a year. Which and that can't that, be true. Also, that's just not how stock works. I mean, if he had done some way to like average it out, but even then I don't think that's... yeah. Right. But anyway, it seems like I, an exaggeration. But. I can see a way in which if someone was like, oh, yeah, well, they said, look, we can't give you any money, but we'll give you 100,000 shares of Hasbro stock. And then you waited 40 yeah. years to like, you know, cash it out or whatever. Like, I can see how that probably could have been. Yeah. Roughly $40 million, depending on, I don't, I mean, again, I'm not doing the math right. I don't know what Hasbro stock's at. But anyway, point being like, he was responsible potentially for the idea to the point that they were willing to pay him in stock options. Yeah. I, I couldn't really, uh, deduce whether that well, those two things were linked whether it was like he pitched it and they sort of jacked the idea 
and then we're trying to compensate by being like, we'll maybe pay you more than we would have for, or give you some investment in this for doing the artwork. Yeah. Or if they like jacked the idea and then separately gave him two options of being paid just for the artwork itself. Right. I, that wasn't really clear to me, but yeah, I got either the, way. I got the impression it was like they were trying to compensate. Like make him. it right a little bit. Well, no, I, I thought it was more of like a, it was an offer they made him up front because they didn't know whether or not this thing was going to go gangbusters at all. So they were like, look, we'll, we'll give it, we'll give you your payment in stock. If this thing goes off, we both, be worth, we both win. We both win. You'll make yeah. more money because of that. If it doesn't, you know, and you just want to take the, you know, the lump sum now, you can do that too. And so if he didn't have enough, you know, confidence in the idea or whatever, he was like, well, I'll just take the money now and yeah. we'll see how it goes. Also, being someone who does a lot of contractor work, money now usually sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to like maybe money later. We'll see if that works yeah. out. Right. For sure. Regardless though, like famous graphic designer, Sam Petrucci, we know now. Or like established, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very established, like very successful graphic designer, Sam Petrucci. We know that he designed all this cool shit, and he designed the Land of Taw and the characters inside of it. So I have several questions still. I do, too. Let's maybe start with... Uh... Well, I don't know. None of these are going to be answerable. I was going to say the most answerable, but we're not going to answer any of them. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Before you get to your questions, I yeah. just wanted to say one more thing about that. I loved, you know, like learning, learning that this is like when you talk about him being a pretty established designer and having done all this super successful work. One of the things I love most about this story is in some ways it feels like this guy who does like good work and cool work, you know, but like the TJ Maxx logo, like probably not super fulfilling, even though it's like cool design work. It probably doesn't necessarily like feed your soul personally. And I love the idea of like, I'm for sure creating a story that's not necessarily real here, but like, I love the idea of this being this land of taw being Sam's like, this is fun for me. I Mm. like creating these characters. I like making these ideas it also a reality and and this is like the the design work I do for me. I wonder though because some of the characters are fairly derivative of other stuff that was going on at the time, right? Like the Tokar guy is a obviously a, a C3PO spin-off. And some of the other stuff it seems to be heavily influenced by other like sci-fi fantasy art of the time of the late 70s early 80s. It seems more to me like something he was trying to pitch to a company. Maybe. Whether it be for like, here are some characters and some designs and some looks. Can we develop this into something else? Whether it be like TV, movie, cartoon, cartoon, comic, whatever. Yeah. Or just as like, there there were those companies and Denison was one of them that just made shit that showed up in like, arcades and in like school stores and stuff and like they weren't really tied to anything in fact they were intentionally untied to things because they were sort of derivative of existing pop culture stuff and they were hoping that people were gonna like buy into it because it seemed familiar enough like oh yeah i think my kid has a c3po poster like that's what this looks like the shit my kid is into and it's only two bucks so whatever right right It seems more along those lines to me. What's confusing to me is the the women of Ta sheet that doesn't look like it was done by him. No, the the aesthetic of it is markedly different than the first two. 
And they, his family did not have any proofs or sketches or anything of those characters, correct? Correct. There was no... So if... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, they, so they found, they did find the pencil drawings, and it was, in, I, I think, an important detail that they found the pencil drawings named in his stash. Like with the character names? With the character names mm-hmm. on them, as in he had created the names for them in advance. They said that well, they were... Maybe. Maybe. But they were saying that, like, there was a lot of Denison sticker sheets where they were, when they were supposed to be, like, knockoff or, mm-hmm. like approaching existing pop culture that they were often unnamed intentionally to be like as malleable as possible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This could fit the narrative that's already in your brain. And so they found that to be a specific and interesting detail that he was likely naming them in his process and then shipping them out that way. But yeah, there were no pencil drawings or originals of the women of Ta in his stash. So it makes me think that maybe this was a bigger concept with more of a world built around it because you have the character names up front you have 18 characters that seem like they coexist somehow yeah it looks like he probably was either working with someone else or brought someone else on to work on this project um if it wasn't done or maybe like denison was requesting like samples doing stuff on spec with multiple artists but someone somewhere seems like they had a bigger idea for this thing yeah well for sure and i guess my my uh, and maybe this is part of my romanticizing it being like you know his his happy place but i do think part of it is it feels like it's his world the way that it the way that the originals come from him the naming mm-hmm. comes from him it feels like it was a world that he was creating so and why wonder, would someone else have done that other sheet then well if so that's the case for sure Which i think is an assumption in itself but yeah my my guess or thought was is it possible that when he did that project for denison Denison somehow got the rights to the concept of ta or the land of ta or whatever it was he tried to flesh it out and and he and they said, hey, you know, uh, the land of toss stickers are selling pretty well, but we realize there's no female characters. Can you do a set of females? And he's going, I'm doing this whole GI Joe thing right now. Uh, the, the thing is, I'm though, a like, little busy. They didn't sell well, right? Like no one has seen these things or has them or remembered them. It was like three people total on the internet. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's a that's kind of a presumption though that like you know you think about. I mean, if you were a middle schooler in the 80s, in 81, 82, 83, 84, when these were coming out, you know, at this point you're in your 50s. Like, are you seeing these corners of the internet? Do you have any of those still? Probably not. But not even having that, like, no, you wouldn't have them probably. But someone somewhere would have been like, that looks familiar. But people have been. I mean, like the subreddit has people who are like, yeah, these are familiar to me. Or like, I feel like I've seen these or whatever. Well, I guess more than familiar. Someone would have been like, oh, yeah, we all had those in middle school. You sure. Know? It yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. that level of popularity if it was popular at all. It wasn't like a Lisa uh, Lisa Frank thing where it was like Exactly. And anyone from our age would look at that and instantly, maybe not know the name, but be like, oh, yeah, everybody had those. I don't know why, wh- where they came from or why they were cool or why we all had them, but we all had those things. We all fucked around with the Ta gang. Yeah. And that clearly was not the case, right? So if, yeah. if they sold at all, it was a, it probably was pretty limited. Sure. 
or regional or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's one for whatever it's worth. There's you know a bunch of people talking about this shit on social media and on Reddit and long long Reddit threads with thousands of comments and stuff. Right. Someone in one of those threads said that they did recognize that sticker sheet. Yep. Because their dad in the eighties stocked those like little quarter operated vending machine things that Hell used to yeah. be everywhere where you you know get like a toy inside a little plastic egg thing. Hell yeah. And he remembered his dad having, he would like bring home extra stock or like stuff that was given to him that didn't end up going actually like out into the world. Right. Or sometimes samples and stuff. And he remembered his dad bringing home one of these Land of Ta Gitas sheets um, and said that that the way it was laid out. So he, he said that this thing was probably for vending machines like you'd put a quarter in and you get like a couple stickers in a little plastic case yep but the way that this sheet was laid out it looked to him like a proof because the way that these were distributed wouldn't have been on big you know eight and a half by 11 sheets they would have been on smaller individually cut so they could put it be put into small containers sure so his thought was and based on the fact that his dad like took some of this stuff home this was probably like a sample or a proof that Dennison made that they never actually like manufactured and distributed. See, but I don't think that's actually true though, because we have full versions of the sticker pages now, like in packaging. Oh really? Yeah. From whom? Uh, let me find it really quick here. Cause there's a bunch of fake shit floating around now too, there, where people have in the last two and a half years made land of Ta art. There is, but the merch or whatever, but the one picture that I'm trying to find right now that I can't find is, um, the, the, the picture of the pack from Framingham. Okay. Or farm Framingham. Yeah. Framingham. Um, it's the one that they have like up in their display related to this. Okay. And it, I saw a couple photos where they had it listed at, with like that, uh, the item or like the catalog number that's on the sheet Yep, in a catalog. So it was listed at some point as like a product that people could buy. I didn't know they actually had like a sealed version of it still. Yeah. Um, okay. So this was actually manufactured and distributed at some point. Yeah. See, um, but we don't know how many or for how long that's part of the Framingham stuff. So I'm showing it to Spencer right now. It says stickers, that's an empty package though. It is, but this was someone removed it so that they could take apart all of the individual stickers. Uh, I don't know. Let me so see that this closer. Was, so this was one of the sheets. So the sheets were rippable. There was four sheets per. Yeah. So you would rip the sheet off of a booklet that said stickers on it and said four sheets per package. This isn't the one that I was looking for, but there is one of these intact in the Framingham like history center okay. thing. So they were actually producing and distributing these in there like at least a little bit. Well, and one of the things I haven't been able to wrap my head around either well, is... we don't know that necessarily, though, either. This doesn't mean that these were ever, like, available in retail, right? Just because they have... The Framingham Historical Center has copies of it? Uh, they still would have made, like, proofs and tests, even of the packaging, right? Probably, yeah. But also, too, you got to remember, these weren't... When you said 8.5 by 11, like, the pa the full packaging was... Uh, four and seven eighths by six and seven eighths inches, okay. and that includes the banner across the top. So the stickers themselves were actually pretty small. 
Okay. Well, maybe, you know, for the first time ever, the uh, guy on the internet was lying. <laughs> Definitely possible. Definitely possible. But, like, understandably, like, to to his point and to your point, like, regardless of the nuance here, the, the idea is they probably weren't that widely available because we don't have a ton of existing copies of them. I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah. yeah I think that's a relatively safe, safe assumption. My bigger question is what the fuck is the pin? I literally have in my notes after all this, everything I have noted about this entire story, but what about that fucking pin? Because Dennison claims to never have made, or during the eighties, at least not, made enamel pins there it was one of the higher-ups that they interviewed from Dennison said in the 25 years he worked at the company which was like around the chunk of time that Encompassed the land of toss stickers were being made he said we didn't make pins it was like not in our wheelhouse it wasn't in our production facility we didn't have any ability to do so that we didn't make pins if you have these stickers that it's safe to assume were not super popular if like even distributed at all. Yep. Why would someone other than Dennison be making pins based on one character who does not even appear to be like an important character, all things considered? Yes. So he, he's like a weird little guy who is at the bottom of one of the sheets. Like he, he doesn't seem to be a primary character even. Yeah. He's not like larger than anybody else in or this, central or yeah, in it's this, not the land of Gitas in this world that, never even developed into anything who's out there making bootleg pins of something that no one knows about for sure so there's a couple other details slash additional pieces of information i want to go over related to the pins also important to note that the pins do not have any sort of copyright on them so they definitely don't have denison copyright but they also don't have anything else on them right there's also um so this guy, Nate, who bought all these pins is not the only one to get his hands on a Gita's pin. There are some other people that have found them online in these mm -hmm. enamel pin collections. And there's one interesting uh, photo that someone put up in the Gita's subreddit, which is a side-by-side -side of um, there's a person holding two Gita's pins in their hand on the right side, and then there's another pin uh, just on like a, like a, looks like it's on like a pair of jeans or something like that. On the left side. It's and a denim vest. It's probably a denim vest. Uh, there's some notable differences between the two pen, pins. On the pins on the right, the nose is uncolored. And on the left, the nose is colored in like kind of like tannish or like light brownish. Uh, the pin on the left, the back of the pin is smooth. Like the enamel along the side is just a smooth back of Gitas. Mm -hmm. On the pins on the right, they're bumpy. Um, the, is this the one that has like the darker brown main coloring also? These ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pins on the left, the ear, there's like a, a hole where the ear would be, you know, like a, mm -hmm. like a cartoon bear or whatever would have like a little ear hole. The ear is not colored in on the pins on the left. It is colored in on the ears on the right. Are, are these the ones that were uh, found in the North Carolina gift shop? Is that the origin of these? Or is, uh, is there yet a third series? I don't know. Okay. I don't know where these were found. Can I see that, that photo closer up? Yes. But the, the point that, um, that folks on the internet try to make, and I'm not making this claim per se is it seems like if there were multiple 
versions of this pin being made. There yeah, what were, the fuck? There were either multiple runs or multiple locations they're, making them. They're significantly or, different, though. Like the the base color is different, but then the also like the design is different. It's not even the material is different. Like all aspects of it are different in some way yes it doesn't appear to just be a second run it looks like they started over yeah like the face is one color on the right and the body is a different yeah, color it's not on the left they're significantly different in significant ways it feels so, like someone got given a line drawing of it and said you have to make this into a pin and someone made completely different coloring and like what shaping choices possible reason it doesn't make sense that it would have been made a first time much less a second there yes so there's another small piece of info before we dive fully into the the pin shit because I have a bunch of questions about it. So on uh, on eBay, a pin showed up that is Zoltan. Yeah, but when though? Uh, in the last two years. Yeah, and. Zoltan is one of the other characters. It's he one of the, the other uh, characters on the on the main sheet. The he was the Green Mothman guy, right? Green Goblin. Yep. Um, Nate did a AMA on on Reddit and said that he found the thing quote incredibly fishy. He said he the quote pen itself. Yeah, he said he quote messaged the seller but not go got no response. Their user image is Tammy, and it looks like it's the only item they've ever sold, despite their handle being, quote, pin seller guy. Wait, wait, wait. You said the image is Tammy? Yeah. So this is, a, there's another thing here. There's also a Tammy pin. I think you're conflating two, two things right now. So there's this Zoltan pin that Nate and other people think is fake and has popped up since the Gitas thing uh, happened. Yes. In 2017. There's a, a third pin that's this Tammy character who is not it's not clear that it's part of the land of Ta it's not any of the sticker sheets or anything but it looks to be the same style as the Gitas pin yeah so I don't think I'm conflating things though because the the eBay seller who was selling the Zoltan pin Mm -hmm. had Tammy as their user image Oh, as in their profile oh, photo oh, as an eBay okay. seller. Well, then we was, need to just, just stop and explain what Tammy is. Yes. Okay. Go. Well, I, I guess I sort of just did. But yeah. there, there's this third pin out there that some people think might be related to Gitas and the Land of Ta. But it's it's loose because it's it's a enamel pin in sort of the same style as the Gitas pin. The artwork looks similar. The name Tammy is underneath it just like the name Gitas is underneath but that's all. But we also don't know where this one came from, who made it, what it was a part of. Yes. So, but Tammy's not included on any of the sticker sheets that have come out. No, and like the character doesn't look anything like anything from the land of Ta. And none of them were named Tammy. Right. <laughs> or anything like right. Tammy. Tammy <laughs> was not a woman of Zoltan Ta. and Gitas and Arvinus Sabonis. Right. Um... So the point that I'm trying to bring up is that I guess there are a couple very loose instances of people, quote, finding another pin. But it looks like for the most part, Gitas was the only character of these 18 characters who got made into an enamel pin. And we know that, like, there's not probably, you know, thousands of them out there, but People have definitely like Nate as an individual has One secured a hundred, yeah, yeah, and 
he said he's got over a hundred now in his collecting of them. He's still going and other people have multiples <laughs> as well. So, so we know that, you know, at some point, 40 what, years later, there's at least a hundred of these lasting enamel pins and none of the sellers know where they got any of them from. So that's, that's weird. It, that's super weird to me, especially, and this is an angle that I haven't seen anybody fully probe is the guy that had 75 of them. He where must, did you where did you get 75 of one enamel pin? Right. You have to have I feel like you could follow you could trace that back to something. You would think, right? Like that seems to me to be the hottest lead of this entire thing is like go to that guy and say, "Where did yeah. you get 75 versions of this Gita's pin?" Which I'm sure Nate would have done, right? Or I tried to do at least. I haven't seen I maybe tried to. I haven't seen anything specifically related to that. It would seem pretty silly if you're that invested in this whole thing to not at least ask the guy who has for sure the you know, most of these the, se- 75,000% more of these than anyone else out there has 7,500, whatever math is hard. You're good. Uh, Hey man, how come you have 75 of these? Where'd you get them? Right. You would have to at least ask. Totally. There's... And then if there's that many other individual sellers that have also somehow come to possess one of these things. And again, no one knows where they got them. We know that this art was originally created in Boston or in the Massachusetts area. Uh, Pins were being sold in Florida and Texas. Like that's fucking weird. They were on eBay. They were showing up in Florida and Texas and other places. Sellers were vending them from those locations. Yeah, not originally. We don't know if they were being sold in those locations. No, but we know people got them somehow that far. They now are in those locations. They have distributed themselves deep enough to be available somehow in those places. So, like, how the fuck, if they're not that popular, are they also enough of them to get that far? And all all you would need is one person to be able to trace the origin of this thing. Right. To be like, oh... This was in my mom's stuff. Right. And let's go ask my mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got given those with a book on day one of whatever. Yeah, or, or, yeah, totally. Like, just any lead like that would be useful. For sure. Or worth investigating, at least, if you really were trying to get to the bottom of this shit. For sure. I stumbled across one theory. Okay. And it's my favorite one I've found so far to explain the enamel pin thing. Great. Because I have none right now. Okay. So we don't know. Okay. So a couple of things we don't know. We don't know when the pins were made. Right. They're not dated. We know that the sticker sheets came out in 81, but we have no idea between 81 and... or. Honestly, 2019 could have been pre 81. I was just about to say, or even before the sticker sheets were ever made, could he have been translating his art into these things? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't know. We don't know when they were made. We don't know who made them because they're not copyrighted. We don't have Denison. We don't have anybody's name on them. So we don't know who made them. We don't know where they were made because we've been finding them all over. So they seem like they could be anything from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the theories I find most interesting is did someone who had one of these sticker packs gravitate towards an individual character and of their own accord, go get a short run of these things made for a specific purpose. It's possible, but that seems weird. 
I completely agree with you, but the but the the version that I like most and I find most interesting is Nate was a big fan of band merch, music mm-hmm. merch. And he was like, wouldn't someone proposed on the internet, wouldn't that be interesting if a band that grew up in the 80s and had these sticker packs and maybe it was like we all had Gita stickers as a piece of their band merch, just as like a side thing. It wasn't like they named their band that or they named their album that or they named, you know, a song that even they just decided, wouldn't it be fun and cool if we sold Gita stickers when we were on tour or excuse me, Gita's pins when we're on tour and maybe they're like small enough that they never really like made it. Maybe they all have been passed down through enough people that no one actually like knows. It just seemed like an interesting way to be like, that's how you could get. How do you get 75 of them in one spot? Well, obviously they didn't sell shit. <laughs> right. Like, but then like leftover that got donated. It still seemed at like a, you'd be able to. Yeah. I've brought band shirts to Goodwill before. Right. It's a sad day. Right? Uh, it just seems like you'd still be able to trace that somehow. Either somebody who saw that at a show, one of the people in the band who made them, uh, somebody who's selling them because they they bought one at a show, or like, the story's gotten a fair amount of attention now. You'd think someone somewhere would have been like, oh yeah, that looks familiar at least. No one has even said with the pins, like, I've, no one has even claimed to have seen it before, as far as I can tell. Yeah, no, I hear you. I agree. Which is weird even if it were that scenario it it is and there's also part of me that goes is there enough of a generational gap that occurs in the internet where you know say you're in your mid 20s or late 20s or early 30s and you're a touring band and now you're in your 60s and now you're in your 60s 70s yeah you're not on reddit or maybe 80s or unless you were 50 when you were touring (laughs) what i mean that's not impossible like in the 80s was there a hair band that was running around like you know in their late 40s like making gita's pins i mean it's it's definitely possible i'm just saying like we don't know like it, it could be there could be any version of that out there and then like maybe it's not a band maybe it's just like some artist that got attached to it yeah i think another thing that's interesting too is maybe it's an artist that did it in 2010 right. like we don't we well have, what if you had a, i mean there's a it, you'd probably be able to sort of estimate the age of the pins if you had one in your hand right maybe like 2010 versus 1980 at least like within a 30 year range yeah and nate does say the in the batch that he got there's a bunch of them the only variation that he's got in saw in the one batch was the backings of the pins and he said it looked like they had either like broken or gotten too old. So they had replaced, replaced them with newer ones. So I can see that being the case, but I just mean like any time in, yeah. you know, between 80 and 2000 or 2010, like someone could have just made a run of these for the fuck of it. I mean, it would be weird, but it wouldn't be like out of, you know, the realm of possibility that someone kind of gravitated towards this one goofy character. Yeah. And decided it's just to weird like, with like, how few people apparently saw those stickers. It's it, I, That scenario would make a ton of sense to me if these stickers were popular. But, like, sure. as far as we can tell, like, 10 people on the planet claim to have seen these stickers. You know, it wasn't like 
they were in every school and people would be like, ah, Gitas, uh, yeah. Right, right, Let right. Let make some pins. That was funny. Remember Gitas? Right. Like, nobody knew what the fuck it was. Right. So, to make it, and then also to think that anyone else would give a shit if you were trying to sell them or something. Not to say that, you know. But maybe that's not the point for somebody, right? I haven't made some right? bad merch decisions over, over the years, <laughs> but... But like maybe you maybe in 1995 you stumbled across a sticker pack in a fucking you know in a used goods shop bought it because it was weird as shit to you and you had no idea and it just like became a thing for you and you made it you know yeah I just I think but then you you would still think like somebody would be able to say like oh yeah I got 75 of these from this guy sure you know how is there no trail on any of these that are showing up on eBay yeah. And and that also too to me makes me wonder a little bit, and maybe this is, you know, maybe this is going full conspiracy at the end of an episode of the What If podcast. <laughs> but hell yeah! But like, is it possible that somebody had a sticker pack and drummed these up for the purpose of like fucking with people, or like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, but like, like, so everything that I just said about like, maybe you found a sticker pack in a used goods store. Yeah. 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 Maybe that all happened, but the intent was someone like trying to see if they could spread a cultural idea by being like, I'm going to make 500 of these and like sell them online through different eBay shops drop them at flea markets for like, you know, I, like, I don't know. Like, again, again like that weird, all seems but, possible to me, but then it would be very hard to make sure that there was no record of any of that coming back around. Yeah. And to have them end up in as many different spots as they have. And the thing that I still can't wrap my head around is like, why fucking Guinness? Well, there's so many different characters. I mean, in, in your premise, it's just random. He, he sticks out on that sheet as being like, that's goofy. That and he looks goofy. silly and his name is funny. True. I, I, that but like, part I could understand. But I guess I mean, like, I say that to say there are, if this were some sort of corporate push or some sort of systematized distribution of this universe, mm-hmm. we wouldn't just have a couple hundred Gitas pins exclusively floating around, right? Like, we would have, I yeah. mean, even if they picked one character per sheet or like two right. characters per sheet. And well, we don't know that there aren't a bunch more of those pins. They we, may just be in a all in one box somewhere that when Dennison merged with Avery, they threw that shit out because they had only sold 80 of them. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's just, it seems like, it seems like if we'd been able to surface this many in this many different places of this one specific character, I mean, we it could have been something like scrounge up a handful more in like different places. Say you made a thousand of them and you total. Were, yeah, or 5,000 even or whatever, and you only actually shipped a couple hundred because no one wanted to buy that shit. Yeah. And then of those couple hundred, most of those sat. Yep. It, you know, one store maybe you ended up with like, they ordered 100 and they sold 20, and then that lot of 75 ended right. up with some guy who was buying bulk pins to resell on eBay. Right. And a couple people who bought individual ones bought them and then they ended up at Goodwill or something or whatever. Or there's a 
box somewhere sitting in some vast warehouse of like a collector or a pawn shop or whatever that has 800 of these random pins with other characters attached to them. It would be fun to play this game in reverse of just go to Goodwill and buy like the most one-off unique random thing you can find. Yeah. Like somebody out there would be like, Quante and Big Cats, what the fuck is this (laughs) t-shirt? I bet there's none of these. I'd be like, bro, I have... 500 of them in my basement. You just weren't looking in the right spot. <laughs> but like, I I wonder how hard it would be to find to you a completely foreign item. Yeah. And be like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. It's an interesting concept because you're, I think you're, I think what the core of what you're getting at is probably true, which is like, this probably happens more often than we think it does. And no one gives a fuck. And it's just not that, um, yeah, it's just not that important. And it's not got, that or or what it is is it's like there is a decent enough answer to it sometimes where it's like, "Oh, yeah, you got to work kind of hard, but it's like, oh yeah, that was just like a random thing." I think the timing is important too in making this uniquely difficult to get to the bottom of because it's just barely pre-internet. Mhm. But it's recent enough that like, you know, people remember it who aren't ancient and you can get a hold of people who worked on it or were around it. And yet it's completely plausible that there would be no record of it because, you know, one company contracted one job once 35 years ago, right? Whatever, almost 40 years ago. And, and literally when, when records got digitized, that one was not worth digitizing. Yeah. And, Cause they literally acknowledged they were literally going into manila folders to pull yeah, designs out to make ex- new sticker sheets. Exactly. And, yeah. So like, I bet there's a lot of stuff from that era specifically that had a similar life. Yeah. 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 I, while all those things I think are probably true, I still want there to be <laughs> like, I want, I want there to be this world that, Sam Petrucci created for himself this like you know Star Wars esque universe that he had envisioned for himself yeah and that there is some sort of like you know I don't know like happy happy universe happy land of time that he landed in for himself there's a great quote actually that I'll um I'll read maybe to finish that I I kind of agree with uh It's from Nate himself, the man who started this whole ding-dang mystery. Um, He says, uh, let me me find it really quick. What'd he say, though? What'd he say, though? He was talking about, man, maybe I'm going to have to paraphrase him. What he was talking about was, uh, oh, it was in the AMA. Yeah, I am going to paraphrase him because it's in the AMA. But basically what he said was he was like, what I what I wish, like my hope for all of this is that there's like a manuscript somewhere. Like Sam was mm. working on a story and this was him flushing out all the visuals, but he had some journal somewhere or some book somewhere that he was writing for himself that meshed all there's of these a, characters a, together a into Tolkien a universe. universe somewhere out yeah, there. That, yeah, that that exists and and he wants like someone to be able to find that book and mesh all these characters together. And, uh, considering he was a graphic designer and not a writer, I bet there wasn't. I bet there wasn't either. But I love where his head's at, and I yeah. hope I hope somebody I hope somebody writes some fanfic. Go write some Land of Top fanfic. That's already happening. By Good. the way. Good. <laughs> Good. Let's <laughs> that, do that more. That shit of is it. out there. Yeah. 
Um, if you're in Los Angeles right now and it's Wednesday night, fucking come to the satellite 10:30. and say hi to us. Yeah, come say hi to us. We're going to hang out. It should be a really good time. Uh, we'll have a holiday, Halloween, a spooktacular for y'all. It should be a great night. Uh, come see Lydia. Come see Ian. Come see me and Spenny. Uh, 612-246-4614. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do it there. If you want to send us an email, it's hiwhatitpodcast.com. We sell merch and swag and tees and posters at shop.whatitpodcast.com. You can also get a $50 shout out on the show, which is pretty fun if you want to do that. Uh, also, uh, if you want to leave us an iTunes review, those things help us. And we really appreciate them when you do. So head over to iTunes and leave us a review. We get $20 for every one-star review. <laughs> He's lying. That's not true. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do it. We rich. Uh, Hey, we love you guys. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, If you want extra episodes, go to patreon.com slash morning podcast. It's only five bucks a month. You get an extra episode every week. As always, we love you. We'll see you next week.